0: No Player Connected, the only podcast where we go into your favorite video games and then don't play them. I'm your host, Professor Jam, and today we are joined by alleged book reader, president of the Steve Harrington Fan Club, and the person who named this podcast, Clem.
1: I did name this podcast. I did. (laughs) And it might be the best thing about it. Who knows? (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) <laughs> I meant... I don't know.
0: <laughs> strong start. Strong start. It's a
1: strong name for a strong podcast. Yeah. That's right. That's better. I should have... That was what I should have said. We can,
0: we can edit that in post. I won't, though.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, today we are here to discuss Bioshock Infinite. As a matter of fact, I finished it last week, so it's still fresh in my mind. Clem, it's still fresh in your mind, too, right?
1: Wow. The Wikipedia pages... <laughs> So can I can I explain to them? Yeah, you can talk why, to the little yeah, okay. people on the computer. Um <laughs> fireshock Infinite for a very, very long time was my favorite game. And now it may have only been used up by Hunt Showdown and Apex Legends. But it's very different. You don't compare apples and oranges. It's like, do you prefer saving Private Ryan or the Lion King? They're different, right? But I love Fireshock Infinite so much that I can't replay it because what if it's Not how I remember it. Like, this life-changing, obsessive experience that I thought was so beautiful that I sobbed for, like, an entire evening, thought about it for weeks. Um, so therefore, no, it's not fresh in my mind because I haven't played it for ten years.
0: (laughs) Damn. That's That's still a really cool way of phrasing it because I've had that feeling for old games... Like from the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 era, where I, I have them, I have the consoles, I have the means to play them, but there is that memory that I'm a little worried, like, am I going to ruin that if I play it? I'll just look at it. I'll just think fondly.
1: Yeah, and I have that with quite a few things, but most of them, admittedly, are from childhood, which makes the most sense, right? Because you have nostalgia and also your brain was malformed, Mal. <laughs> wasn't yet Not, formed. Yeah, Not, yeah. It was perfectly formed, but it wasn't complete. So that that makes sense with like, you know, the labyrinth or the dark crystal. I mean, you know, any any is fantasy. Is it good today? Who knows? But Bioshock, you know, I was like twenty two or something, you know. That was I was fully formed, so it shouldn't be any different today, but I so obsessively loved it and I think played it at a time when I was, I think I was sad, I think I'd just gone through a breakup and I was like alone and sad and living on my own in London for the first time. And I was like, you know what? Firestruck Infinite is my home now. Columbia is my home.
0: At least Comstock (laughs) was there for you in your time of need. Daddy call me. <laughs> he'd hate being called that.
1: He would. <laughs> he would I he just would, He would absolutely
0: that. despise that. He'd probably <laughs> kill you. Well, well, shit. We're already dipping our toes into this. I was going to ask you, would you be willing to just give the broad strokes of Bioshock Infinite? What, what is it about? Why are we How hearing bad? church bells? Why am I in a flying courtyard as opposed to the bottom of the sea? Like the other Bioshocks.
1: I don't even know where to start with explaining that, James. It's not something... Bioshock Infinite isn't a broad strokes explanation. (laughs) But I guess the answer you're looking for is there's this guy called Comstock. um, Zachary Comstock, I think his name is.
0: Oh, you're on a first name basis.
1: Daddy Daddy Comi, yeah. He wanted to create a quote-unquote utopia in his eyes. A little bit uh, racist by today's standards. It's 1912, things are different then. And so he has done it in the sky with the help of some quantum physicists who are making his little city float and he is letting people from the down low which could, you know, obviously, well I'm not going to get any any spoilers yet about what happens at the end but if you want to come up you can but you have to be like baptized to get in and you also probably have to be like white
0: yeah although there
1: are all black people around so like maybe if you get in and you're black you just uh like second class I th-
0: i think what happens is and this is jumping a little bit ahead i think they explain it that um the industrial tycoon guy he's basically getting like people from the surface as well but they're obviously not being treated properly he's making promises of like oh yeah you'll have an awesome time up here and then that makes sense. yeah oh you're you're indebted to me now haha mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't think everybody gets the angelic chorus and baptism moment that you do in the beginning of the game
1: should we talk about that and how that is the best intro to any video game ever
0: it fucks so hard that <laughs> that opening blew me away and i hated it at the same time but i want i, I want you to Tell me what you liked about it.
1: Well, I mean, it means something different after you've played it as well, obviously, because of the song that they're singing. Um, But I think that... So after I played it, I used to, once I completed the game for the first time, I say I haven't played it again, and I haven't played it again since that time, but during that like couple of week period after playing it for the first time, I played it over again a couple of times, but more importantly, would play it up until the bad stuff started to happen. I would just live the experience of coming to Columbia for the first time, meeting Elizabeth, dancing with Elizabeth, and just chilling out in this gorgeous place. So for anyone, I guess I'll explain what happens at the start for anyone who hasn't played Bioshock Infinite. You start on a boat with some strangers. They take you to a lighthouse. You go up to the top of a lighthouse. The lighthouse transforms into like a rocket ship. And sends you up to <laughs> Colombia, and once you arrive in Colombia, you start in like this big chapel, and there's an incredible like chorus of choir singers singing "Will the Circle Be Unbroken?" I don't know if that's the name of the song. Um, and you just walk through all of these candles with this really melodic, beautiful, angelic singing, and there's all these like big stained glass windows. And it's, like, a really shallow amount of water that's reflecting all of the candles. And you just walk through it, and it is, like, I'm not religious, but it is a religious experience. Well, it's meant to be, but also just, like, for me, it's just, like, it gives you, like, frisson, right? It's just, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed with just feeling beauty. It's just beautiful, it's gorgeous. And then, like, later on, obviously, like, it gets ruined by, like, the ethics. Yeah,
0: when you said, like, when things start to get shit, like, you can argue it's technically shit from the get-go, but, um, yeah, I agree with you that it's a very, like, religious experience. I mean, it's literally a giant, like, baptismal scene there. And the reason why I said I hated it is because there's something in my lizard brain that's like, wow, this is beautiful, and this is good. And, like, I know, oh, this is an awful, like, theocratic like hell state but damn does it look amazing and it also does a great job of mirroring what happens at the beginning of bioshock where you you know descend into the city and you see andrew ryan's like no gods no kings only men thing this one has the whole like oh this is a, a new eden and all this shit and so I think it's a great parallel. It, it freaked me out a little bit too, because I um, like I used to go to church and I was even I was baptized as an adult, and so or maybe it was late high school, but regardless, like it gave me like serious deja vu, and I was like, whoa, like yeah, I, I remember this, like getting dunked underwater. Yeah, yeah, very very powerful emotional uh, opening.
1: But like the Bioshock series in general is like it shows you the good thing not like the morally good thing but like something that pleases you like hey have some money right for example but and then it's like oh but we do have to like stab your dog in the face if to give you this million pounds what's your choice right and it's just all about questioning perspective morals ethics etc and i think that beginning going through that i was like well you know i am white so i could just accept this I would be fine here and it's gorgeous and incredible and i like it and it's making me feel safe and protected and maybe i want to join a commune after playing bioshock infinite so i can live out my days in this way obviously that all gets torn down but yeah it's in that like they do such an incredible job of maintaining that feeling of absolute paradise but like the first Thirty minutes of the game, right? Not only you you start in a chapel, but you walk around like a nineteen fifties Americana fair. You get like given like a love potion. There's a barbershop quartet floating nearby. Like everything (laughs) is perfect. It's like it's like being in the Matrix, but it's like completely crafted to just give you endorphins and happiness and make you feel like this is like a utopia.
0: I feel kind of dumb because right in you know spoiler alerts even though we kind of talked about it already this is like a a racially segregated society there's horrible mistreatment of anybody that isn't white um and also irish people and i realized about a minute before they kind of shoved that in your face i was like wait a second everybody here is white Uh, like, did they have limitations on, like, the models or something? No, this isn't that old of a game. Like, they wouldn't overlook that. And then, yeah, you get hit in the face with, like, a crowd that's wanting to, I think, do they want to kill an interracial couple, or are they just throwing stuff at them like tomatoes? It's a, it's a fucked up scene, but it does a good job of shattering the illusion that, like, oh, this is paradise and there are no problems here.
1: And yeah, and that's also that moment you just described as the first time that you have to actively partake in being racist or being shunned from that society. Because the act of like picking up the object to throw it, I mean you can, uh, again spoiler alert, you can throw it at the interracial couple or you can throw it at the guy that's hosting this like fair event where you get to like throw tomatoes at an interracial couple, right? And in doing so that reveals the mark on your hand which shows that you're the false prophet. But that is the first time that like, everything's broken down, it's like, you are now forced to participate, make a decision. Like, and even though I know it doesn't matter, every- well, I'll do this in any video game, I'm always the good guy. I- I, like, yeah. In Fable, I have to be like completely good. I don't care about the bad ending, I don't care about like what happens if I'm like making nefarious decisions. No, I'm good, and I'm going to be the best, and everyone's going to love me. So like, I'm not going to throw a tomato at the interracial couple. That would make me feel like no one can see me sitting in my bedroom, playing Bioshock Infinite, and I know it doesn't matter. But I'm not doing it, I can't do it. It's icky. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, when we're when we role play in games, sometimes it's not to, oh, I'm going to be the most fucked up guy I can think of. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to be brave and do something good that I wouldn't have an opportunity to do in real life. I don't know. I I agree. I, I did not throw the tomato at them. And then, yeah, immediately you just get outed as this weird, yeah, like you said, false prophet, which that's getting into a whole other can of worms. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'd like to also mention, like, just to really drive home the fact that this is a utopian experience, walking around Colombia before it starts to unveil itself as the racist shithole that it is. There are, like, hummingbirds. There There are hummingbirds everywhere. They've got, okay, what's the most iconic, most peaceful? Peaceful, most like if you see in the wild, you're like, I've been blessed today. Think like it's a sign from God. There was a hummingbird in my garden, like it's a moment. Like, make a TikTok about it, it'll get like a million views. There's hummingbirds all over Colombia. You would be so popular on TikTok if you lived in (laughs) Colombia.
0: Oh, I, and I mean. I know we said it's a floating city, but like looking around New Eden Square, and that's where we are, by the way, I, I wasn't very specific. Maybe you can tell from the church bells. It's not just like Rapture, where it's like one decently sized city. It, If you look out, you just see like multiple huge, what could be on their own cities, I feel. It's just this never ending like assault on your senses that you're living in a heaven on earth very utopian setting that's covering up a lot of ugly shit underneath
1: and like all of the different segments of these columbia of these cities are floating on clouds like obviously heaven imagery um also it's all pastel colors and the lighting is always like golden hour lighting it's always like instagram filter worthy shots everywhere you look it's just everything is perfect social media like if you you could smell columbia (laughs) it would be like (laughs) it would be candy floss right it would be like candy floss and like fresh grass being cut like it's everything is crafted to be absolute dream world in those in those like first opening moments
0: you could talk about the the setting and how beautiful it is for for days, I feel. And how horrifying it gets later on, though. But I I think we'll we'll touch on that later. There were some parts that genuinely scared me. Later sections.
1: Okay. I bet that's something that I don't remember. I've just... So I'm a Columbia slut. That's what I am. <laughs> and so, I mean, I need to also preface this. I mean, I'm saying preface. We're probably, like, 10 minutes into the podcast at this point. I am... Um, I'm a huge, like, Americana fan. Early days Coney Island or Chicago World's Fair, those things are my biggest passion in life. Like, reading books about that, looking at pictures of it, like, watching documentaries, like, it makes me feel some type of way. To the point where, when I was like, this is a lifelong thing, but when I was like 12, 13, I genuinely believed that I had been, like, a 1950s American in a past life, because I was just so obsessed with it.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you, because, like, for me, you know, this may shock some of you, I live in America, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not just from video games and movies. And so I've already like been inundated with American imagery and propaganda and stuff. And I-, I wanted to know what that was like for someone not living in our silly little country here to to get bombarded with like like an ultra patriotic propaganda version of our already very n- nationalist country.
1: Well it was everything I'd ever wanted. Like this, <laughs> this is what I was looking for. Like it, if anything, like the fact that it was floating for me was a detriment because that's not what it was really like. Okay, back in the day, back in the golden <laughs> age of America. So that was, that was like a mark off. But everything else you have all like, do you call it ticket tape? That all like the floating like confetti. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Like
1: all of that on the floor is like red, white and blue. Like it's the even the fact that there's a fair going Like, state fairs, oh my god. I would, like, rather go to a state fair than, like, any Barbados holiday. It's just, it drives me. So, like, it was like, this was perfectly crafted to just scintillate every fucking thing that I give a shit about in my brain. Apart from the racism.
0: Also, it's a bad place. These people are evil.
1: I'm just talking purely about aesthetic. Go on.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say that the part of the setting, too, is that they don't necessarily hide the... The ugly parts, too. Like, even in this square, like, oh, you're like, oh, this is so beautiful. And then there's this ominous poster that says the tower protects the lamb from the false shepherd. And you're like, what the fuck is that all about? That's a little weird.
1: Well, that's their little propaganda, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then they sprinkle that out throughout. So, I don't know. Very, very, I think, floating city aside, I think they portray it pretty realistically, how normalized this stuff was
1: yeah the iconography of like oh the devil and to be fearful of strangers is everywhere also but it like fits in with what's going on like it would be very easy to be brainwashed here into 100 percent believing that because if your life is walking around going to a fair hopping around to these little shops and stuff getting a free love potion and then they're like oh but watch out there's a (laughs) false shepherd never don't stray from this protect elizabeth in in the big in monument island in the big angel. You're going to be like, "Yeah, right, mate." All right, Comstock. That's fine. I'm going along with it because you've got the best life. What don't rock the boat, baby.
0: <laughs> there's there's hummingbirds. There's hummingbirds. <laughs> um I guess I wanted to ask you cuz we've we've been gushing over how beautiful the setting is for this game, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the characters, the the main the main gang. Yeah. Um <laughs> I, I just wanted your, your thoughts on, I don't know, I guess the core you would say is your, your character, Booker DeWitt, Elizabeth, and then, yeah, uh, Daddy, Daddy Kami. <laughs> Do you got any favorites in there? Any that you take uh, issue with? Or uh, are you like uh, A plus, no notes?
1: I mean, no, A plus, no notes. I mean, like, I think to talk about the characters again is to be like a big spoiler for the whole thing. I mean, maybe it's, like, a bit ham-fisted, right? Like, maybe, oh, Comstock is the big evil, and then, like, Daisy is, oh, she's meant to be good, but then, like, she gets a taste of power, and then she's bad. But then if you play Burial at Sea, they kind of, like, twist that Ooh, back on itself again. Uh,
0: I, I do need to say this, because this might influence how people view, like, our, our takes on things, and also, I, I want to avoid spoilers, I have not played Burial at Sea. And so yeah. I need to I need to still do that. I'm a fake fan
1: i don't I don't really like the barrel Sea Daisy, but I do like that it's like another twist. I love a twist. It doesn't matter how shit it is. I just like give throw' at me, but yeah, I think like you know, like I saying, hamphisty are like comstock bad guy, Daisy's supposed to be good, but oh then they get like a taste of power, so then they're kind of corrupt anyway, and then it turns out they're not that great. Booker is in like this like gray area um. Cause he will just like kill for whatever reason he doesn't really give a shit he's just like there to get paid at first and then obviously like selling his well he didn't sell his baby actually i can't remember why he gave elizabeth away at, as um, a child i think
0: he i think he gives up his baby initially because he's just got debts so that is like pretty demonstrably bad That's what i, I thought. would say is baby selling bad
1: well no uh, yes yeah. Maybe bad,
0: but <laughs> I almost got you there. <laughs> um, well, you brought up Daisy, and so yeah. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something specific I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, and that's the Vox Populi in this game are a, and for those of you that don't know, they're a resistance group that's fighting against you know the racial inequality, the economic inequality. In Colombia, you find out that there's a massive, like, underclass of people that aren't living in paradise. There's still, like, slums and stuff in this giant floating metropolis. And they pull kind of a switcheroo on you, abruptly, in my opinion, where (laughs) the, the Vox Populi, you know, they're literally fighting against this very violent system... And the game kind of says, oh, the Vox are violent too. I guess they're just as bad as Comstock. And that was one of my biggest gripes with the game. I wanted your thoughts on it, though. Yeah,
1: so I, like I said about, like, the characters being sort of just tropes, right? It's not very nuanced or subtle, a lot of the stuff in Bioshock Infinite. Apart from the overarching... Cyclical multiverse part of it, which I guess isn't subtle, but it's uh, complex enough to make for Infinite, I think, a standout game, and, along with the visuals. So I think the Vox Populi, which means uh, Voice of the People in
0: Latin. Uh, yeah,
1: that's where they got that name from. Uh, How yeah. many
0: use of Latin did you take? Three. <laughs> Wait, for real? Yeah. Oh damn, that was meant as a throwaway joke. Oh Holy sorry, I read me, oh,
1: me to Yeah,
0: you're too educated. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> stop being so smart.
1: Well I am British. Um yeah, so I think <laughs> I think it's <laughs> it is kinda like ham fisted and it's just sort of like oh now they're bad guys and they take it too far so by for anyone listening by taking it too far they just go around they start killing everybody it becomes just like a state of terror uh with the vox populi running wild which i guess isn't unrealistic we've seen glimmers of that elsewhere in real life but the way that it happens so instantaneously is a little bit like i guess cheap it's just to forward the the story into the next like level where we start looking at how this is happening in all of the multiverse worlds that they visit, that they're, they're at different stages of this rebellion. Um, there's a point where Booker has to go and find, like, an arms dealer or something in order to rescue Elizabeth, or... I can't remember, like, what he's looking for, but it's something to...
0: They they have the airship that he needs, and so you, you meet these freedom fighters, and they're like, we need weapons for our revolution! Can you go talk to the arms dealer? And then... Hilarity
1: ensues. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's For in order for like Daisy to help him, she's like, all right, go and get us this shit, I think, right?
0: Yes. And then I'll yes. help you.
1: And then in every... So Elizabeth, again, doing a terrible job of explaining Bioshock Infinite. I'm working with the assumption people already have played it and love it, and that's <laughs> why they're listening to this. But Elizabeth uh, can open portals to other dimensions. They're called rifts. And she's being shot in a tower by Comstock, her father.
0: Um... (laughs) Also spoiler.
1: Also spoiler. Well, no, he is her father. No,
0: that's pretty... Yeah, that's pretty clear. They do say that.
1: Yeah, so Comstock... Wait, isn't Comstock, like, her father, even if he's... Before we find out who he is? (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. Okay. In this world, there's a lot of, like, dimensional travel, and so one of the quirks of that is that the leader, Comstock, is infertile, and he has a child kidnapped from an alternate dimension to be his daughter his adoptive daughter however he's stealing from an alternate version of himself and so biologically his daughter is still his daughter correct so there you go a little wacky a little silly
1: And we think that there's no explanation for her powers, but one explanation could be that because she got taken from another dimension, she is therefore given the ability to travel through dimensions.
0: They explain that it's because her pinky got left behind in one other dimension, so she's existing in two at the same time.
1: And also Comstock is keeping Elizabeth, so she has the power to travel through dimensions, she, he has created these machines to keep her power at a minimum so that she can't- I don't know why he wants to- he's just keeping her trapped. He's keeping her away from Booker, I guess, because he knows that Booker's gonna come for her. Or he has done- how does he know that Booker- this is- we shouldn't put- don't put this in the podcast.
0: I don't even remember how we- oh, we are talking about the Vox, though. We are talking about the Vox.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, Vox. It's not very it's not a very elegant way of doing it, but it's it has some fucking cool visuals at the end, it has a lot of impact. It's really interesting that in every single universe the same thing is happening. Like that always triggers the same result. Which is, you know, obviously a commentary on how we are as people. How like you can be the good guys, but you can get corrupted like by power or hate or whatever. And back to your question about how i feel about the characters everyone i think unless i have really really poorly considered this because it's been 10 years everybody is either bad or morally gray and it's a very depressing story apart from elizabeth who ultimately does the most selfless thing possible and is like this only beacon of hope in this entire world and what makes it even sadder is the fact that she oh i mean respectively like kills herself to prohibit the cycle of terror and racism even though she was the only spark of hope so it's like she took the hope away but then she also took a lot of the bad the bad stuff away
0: i don't even know if it's fair to say she ultimately well those versions of her are dead again a, a bunch of wacky time stuff and dimensional stuff happens in this game and she she spoiler alert, kills Booker, who is her biological dad, and she kills him, like, across a bunch of different universes. But apparently, at the end, you still have Booker waking up at his desk, and his daughter might still be home. And so I think it may have just been a gigantic reset. But I guess you're right. Functionally, Elizabeth kills herself. And to to prevent all of, like you said, all of this insane shit from happening
1: so yeah and because when she kills booker it's at the point of his first baptism which is after is it wounded knee he was at
0: yes yeah so he was at wounded knee and then like i think two years later he gets baptized
1: because he has so much ptsd from the actions his actions at wounded knee and what he saw there he gets baptized Or he doesn't. And that's where, that decision, that fragmented decision, creates all of the multiverse that Elizabeth is involved in. And it's that moment that he becomes either Comstock or he goes back to live his normal, like, bitter, shitty detective life. But in every world where he's Comstock, something, the same thing happens with the box and Comstock and Elizabeth. But if, when Elizabeth kills us, kills Booker, she kills, like, the Comstock version of him, I guess, if there's still a version of him living normally. But Anna isn't Elizabeth, and Anna doesn't have the powers. So if she remains Anna and it doesn't become Elizabeth, which is the name given to her by Comstock after he kidnaps her, then I don't know if she would be the same person. That's a nature-nurture debate. Anyway.
0: <laughs> God, there's a lot in there. Yeah, it's difficult. There's a lot. <laughs> it is difficult to explain. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to ask you, and uh, this is a question that I did not have previewed for you. Uh, This is something that I thought of at 3 a.m. last night, but do you sometimes think about like those key moments in your life where like you could have gone in a bunch of different directions because this game really does emphasize this like at that key juncture either, either Booker becomes a theocratic dictator or an alcoholic private investigator. And so have you ever thought about moments in your life where like things could have wildly went different? Because I I have like little different versions of myself where I'm like, I wonder, you know, what would have happened if I had been more religious or I had, you know, had these political beliefs? What would my life be like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do all the time, but not so much. I think I use it as a coping mechanism. I... Whenever anything bad happens, I think there's a version out there where that hasn't happened, you know? Like, there is oh. there is somewhere I am, like, living, I don't know, the best life. I don't mean that, like, I'm, like, a millionaire with an incredible career or no career at all, just, like, one load of Like, I don't mean that. I just mean, like, nothing, every time something bad happens which left a negative impact on my life, there's a Clem. There's a Clem out there where that didn't happen to her, and she, I might be the one that has to, like, suffer this, but that's okay, because that's just me doing it. There's another one that has the good life. So as long as she's out there, then that's okay.
0: That's interesting, because that's kind of, like, that's the op- I don't know if it's quite the opposite of how I view mine, where I'm more thinking, how did other versions of me react to this thing that we all encountered, or have a high probability of encountering, uh, so, like, is there an incel version of me out there that just did not handle a breakup well? That is Th- that interesting sort of thing.
1: because I, much like Bioshock Infinite, I'm the same to me in every universe. But you float different... in the sky. <laughs> but I have like different things happen to me. But I'm functionally the same. Whereas in your multiverse, you're different because of. The things that have happened to you.
0: Yeah, I guess you're, you're, yeah, you're the city, and then I guess I'm more like Booker, where there's the split of, do I become alcoholic or do I become a theocratic dictator?
1: I'm more like the lighthouse, I think. That's the um, motto, isn't it, of Bioshock Infinite?
0: Yeah, at the end you see like there are infinite versions of what's going on, hence the name. And you see an infinite number of bookers and Elizabeths walking through a bajillion different lighthouses uh, after they briefly visit Rapture.
1: And she says to him, there's always a city, always a man, always a lighthouse. That's the only constant. And they talk about constants and variables, but the the constant is city, man, lighthouse in every one. And there's an implication there that Rapture is also one of these multiverses. And I don't know if they're saying that Booker, like, a Comstock is, like, an Andrew Ryan figure.
0: One of the things I took issue with with the ending is that I would have liked it if we saw lighthouses, but they were all at least slightly different. Because the plot of this, like you said, implies that Columbia always happens. Like, we're always going to have a Columbia. But when they link Rapture in there, I would think that, oh, Rapture was in one universe... Columbia's in another. Maybe we get a different lighthouse in a different country in another one. And so I, I feel like the two philosophies or messages kind of clash there, if that makes any sense.
1: It was something that I found difficult to negotiate in terms of just like my comprehension of how the multitude, the multiverse worked in within the lore of this game. So I was like, yeah, I was completely on the same thing. I was like, okay, it's always Columbia. But then if you introduce Rapture, the Comstock figure is gone. It's still the same type of story. It's like this evil guy playing, manipulating people, etc. But is it Booker? Are we trying to say that Booker is the bad guy in Rapture 2?
0: I mean, he's he's not though, right? I mean, I haven't played Bioshock 2, so I don't... And I haven't played the DLC, but...
1: I mean, is there anything to say that... I mean, we wouldn't ever know that Comstock was Booker either. So it could Booker be Andrew Ryan? Because, like, the protagonist in Bioshock is like Jack, right? Is his name Jack?
0: Yeah, well, we know who... We know, like, where Andrew Ryan came from. Like, we have his whole backstory uh, and stuff, so he can't be... But here's my here's my headcanon. We, we retcon that ending. Our world's version of the tower was the Tower of Babel. There's my, there's my hot take. It, we get rid of the... All the lighthouses are the same. We give each... We give each universe, its own fun, unique lighthouse with vague similarities. Ooh, or the- the- I think Alexandria had a lighthouse, too, so pick one of them bad boys.
1: But again, like, does Rapture take place in the 50s?
0: I don't Um, know when it takes place. Yes, I want to say Bioshock takes place in like the 50s or 60s.
1: And that's something else I don't understand if it's meant to be. Surely, like, despite it being a multiverse, it's still at the same point in time. I don't know how it works. I don't know what the lore is, but there's an inference that Rapture is also one of these. Yeah. It's within the same multiverse, like, going on.
0: Yeah, because I think they don't even show the lighthouse from the beginning of this game. They show the lighthouse from the beginning of Bioshock, when you have the infinite lighthouse Stelio, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's it's a conflicted ending, I think.
1: Is it just fan um, service <laughs> at that point? Like, here's advertising, guys. Wow. Like, because I just played Bioshock, and to be honest, I was fan-served. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm in Rapture, what the fuck, dude? This is the best thing I've ever played.
0: I knew it was coming, and I was oh. still like, oh my god, like, I'm back. and you I, I was very, I was excited, yeah, I... I think I mentioned this in the Bioshock episode too, but I watched YouTube clips. And and so I did that with uh, this one too, because I wasn't following the Bioshock series closely, but I heard there was a lot of buzz and I heard the ending was crazy. And so I watched it, but that emotional impact was still there. I was still giddy when you go to rapture because it's just this feeling of like this isn't right we're not we're we've been in the clouds all game and now i'm deep underwater in this this city that's falling apart
1: yeah and like to have something as beautiful and pure as elizabeth in like this disgusting depraved like rapture world is like it's really jarring too because she's like this pure entity and rapture was always made me feel dirty <laughs> when i was playing the original fire
0: yeah, it's interesting that you uh, you phrased that about Elizabeth. Because, yeah. yeah, when I was playing, I I was almost weirded out by Elizabeth because... And, not, and I'm sorry if Elizabeth's listening to this, but um, <laughs> they really do, like... And it makes sense because she is your daughter. But I was like, wow, this is just like a kid following you around. I don't know, it was v- very weird. It makes you feel like you are a parent taking care of your child but I don't like that feeling when I'm playing a video game <laughs> like I don't yeah. know I don't know how to how to phrase it I was like oh there's this girl with like exaggerated features and I'm very aware that the game is using her appearance to make me feel protective and I, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like that I didn't protective?
1: protective like no, no
0: I didn't feel protective but I knew that's what the game was trying to do maybe I should have phrased that better I was like, oh, like you have huge eyes and you're you're always like all prim and proper and innocent. Stop manipulating me. Get out of my head.
1: True. But I mean, it makes, it works though. So in terms of like, I, well, for, well, for one, I, I disagree slightly. Like, yeah, I don't want anything bad to ever happen to Elizabeth. She's... <laughs> like the love of my life but she is so fierce and independent like she's the girl that gets you your ammo book a catch dude like that's infamous right everybody loves book a catch and like she she keeps you going she saves your ass she babysits you she realistically does. and then she has to kill she killed daisy in the end yeah she does. And that's her transformative moment like she's got a fucking backbone but also she's an adult woman, almost. I don't, Is she like 18, 20? I don't know how old she is. I think
0: she's 17 or 16.
1: Oh. Uh, but either way, she's been kept in like a room her whole life, so she's never like mentally had anything but like hope and dreams. Like she hasn't been like tainted by the outside world, yet she is still mature. Like physically. I don't know. Like I think like most players, I hardcore shipped Booker and Elizabeth for the entire game only to feel very disgusted about my decisions (laughs) at the end.
0: Well, see, that was another thing is that I was playing this and I thought that like, there's people who were eyeing up Elizabeth and I was like, wait, she's like a child. And also I think I'm her dad. So (laughs) that's pretty fucked up. And so that, that was part of it where I was like, I don't really like the, the like gamer messaging here. Cause there's obviously the, the actual in-game lore but the character design, they're trying very hard for you to, like, keep your eyes on her and view her as something to be protected. And she does give you a bunch of ammo and cool stuff, <laughs> which I, I felt like the game was babying me. But then I was like, well, if I don't like it, I could have just cranked up the difficulty. So whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a secret 1999 difficulty, too. That if you I think if you put in the Konami code, you can get, like, super hard difficulty. Elizabeth
0: shoots you if you're at full health. (laughs) Booker! (laughs) Pops, yeah. But yeah, I, I did feel conflicted on Elizabeth narratively because you're right. She does do a bunch of things independently. But then there are a few moments where she's waiting for Booker to... To save her, but I mean she's she's
1: a girl. She's a a a princess in the castle. Okay, Uh, what do you want her to do? Like that's the the whole. I wanted her to.
0: I wanted to have to kill Elizabeth at the end. She's the final boss. (laughs) No, no, that's because that's also cliche. Oh, the person I like is now fighting me. she
1: she fucking she she supports you the whole game. She carries her ass through the whole game. She has a beautiful singing voice, she entertains you, she kills Daisy, then she kills you and herself to save the world, and you think (laughs) that you protected Elizabeth? All you did was get her out of that fucking castle. Like, that's it. Then she did the rest.
0: I mean, okay, here's what I'll say. The one thing that poked a hole in that was when she gets captured and you don't save her, Um, at Comstock House, you you see, like, a fast-forward, like old version of her that just never got out. Oh, I don't and remember she... that.
1: Uh, In my revisionist per... memory.
0: It, yeah. It never happened. <laughs> yeah, she she gets captured and never escapes because Booker didn't come get her. And so she's this bitter... She's basically Comstock 2.0. Like, she grows up to be another Comstock. She does say that like, the, the patients are running the asylum now, uh, which indicates that Basically, she's lost control of Columbia and they're... I mean, you see that they're bombing New York City in 1984. Yeah. And so on one hand, you're right. Like, she does all this cool independent shit. But then there's one scene where, oh, Booker wasn't there to save her. She totally caves and becomes the next... Comstock, even though she's got these cool powers and could possibly muscle her way out.
1: Well, her powers are restricted, and that's why they have to destroy all those things, though, that's that like, are showing her down. Um, I think, like, they help each other. It's 50-50. Yeah. Well, but she, she makes the ultimate sacrifice, something that Booker I think would always be too selfish to do, because he hasn't done that.
0: Yeah. I You've, you've tempered my view on Elizabeth. Yes. I now support her. Yeah.
1: The only reason I came on the podcast was for Elizabeth (laughs) Propaganda. Um, Sadly, like, I saw a tweet um, not long after you...
0: That is pretty sad. (laughs) Sorry you were on that site.
1: Um, I wasn't. It was on Reddit, and they'd taken it, and I was forced to look at... I was on my cool site for cool guys. Well, actually, somebody was saying how Bioshock Infinite is the only game we can all collectively say we were tricked by and no longer love the way that we loved when it came out ten years ago. And I think this oh. is just like some bullshit, can't like, whatever, people are jumping like it got a lot of likes, right? And it was like, yeah, I yeah. know it's not as good as I thought it was. But I think like that's a little bit people going, Oh, I don't remember playing it. Maybe it's not as good as I remember. I've played a million other games which are fucking awesome since then. I'm not contextualizing it in, like, the time that it was made in 2013, right? I'm not contextualizing it against the time, like, before... So I think Bioshock Infinite came out when there was a lot of, like, time manipulation multiverse stories in the media, like, in film, in books, like, whatever. Like, it was super popular maybe at the time, or it was, like, on the cusp of that. And... I think that now people are looking back and they're just poking holes in it from a 2023 perspective. But and then they're not doing that to the original Bioshock because I guess it's a more timeless story. But I just want to say that I'm not on that bandwagon. I still think Bioshock Infinite is the best Bioshock, and yeah, it is completely biased of me because it plays (laughs) to everything that I love. But She's going all out. Like, Bioshock is just fucking critically, like, good. Yeah, well done. Stick to the script. Stick to the script. (laughs) Bioshock Infinite has hummingbirds. So, better. (laughs) I just wanted to acknowledge that. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just acknowledging it for anyone listening. Yeah, I've seen it. And they're wrong. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember how we got there. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't as upset about the ending. I was more upset about the Vox thing. If I'm being completely honest, um, any setting that takes like a group of people struggling against oppression and then looks at the camera and goes, "Hmm, violence on both sides. I guess we're all evil after all. Mankind is the real disease." I'm always like, "That fucking sucks." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't enjoy that at all. No. like like you said, a lot of it is just ham-fisted storytelling.
1: Yeah, I'm here for the... I was using 2013 as an example to talk about everyone being obsessed with the multiverse, right? And that was when it was huge in media. Um, I don't know when, like, Inception came out. But, like, all of that stuff was going on back then and people were like, wow. And now it's not going to be as impressive to play a video game where at the end it reveals, like, you're in a multiverse and you killed your father... Could you really have killed your father if you kill your father how'd you kill your father you, you know like whatever <laughs> 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 grandfather paradox killed, killed your dad how'd yeah. you kill your um yeah. and but i still love the multiverse i don't give a shit like i fucking love that like and i love anything that makes me have to go back and go, have my little brain stretched for a moment and go hold on what just happened did i miss it let me consider all of the steps and for it to tie together neatly apart from that little rapture weird thing it's so impressive to me like that's that will always be my favorite type of like movie book whatever like time crimes anything that plays with going back in time changing stuff primer bioshock infinite whatever i eat that shit up which is why i prefer infinite to bioshock even though bioshock might be a better game like there's a slightly more nuanced morality shit going down right in bioshock because you actually have different endings Based on how, but again, it's like, oh, you were bad. I don't like you. Oh, you were good. I like you. Like, that's it, right?
0: Yeah, that's not much of a huge moral choice. I did want to make a different comparison since I feel like we've talked about the plot and the thing a bit.
1: (laughs) But not (laughs) coherently.
0: Yeah, yeah, regrettably. Just gameplay Mm. wise, I, and maybe this will get some hate, I prefer Bioshock Infinite. Oh. I think the controls were snappier. I ooh, I don't know how I feel about... I See, I was never a big plasmid person anyway. Like, I would pick my two that I yeah. like and then go with it. And that's what I did in this game, too. Same. And so I like that I didn't have to use my camera. I felt like the aiming was easier in this game and more fun. Um, the enemies had armor, but, like, they didn't just arbitrarily have more health because... Fuck you! This is a spider splicer, and they—they they just have more health than other people. No, like people have armor, people have weak points. You can shoot the armor off. I enjoyed the gameplay more in this one than the original Bioshock. But I wanted your thoughts on it. Sorry, I kind of already gave away. No. My- I think that's interesting. I, I like to give you the first. No, I, go. I
1: like that because I think actually one of the critiques that people have in their Oh, I don't like it as much as we did in 2013 take is that the gameplay is like very rudimentary, like there's not much going on there, which for me was always irrelevant. I could not give a fuck what the gameplay mechanics are. I'm here for the story, 100% the story. Okay, so like I don't, I didn't really care about shooting shit. What I was shooting plasmids like fuck plasmids I, like they don't even need to be there like that's inconsequential just I'm in a nice world and I'm saving my beautiful beautiful heroic daughter right But I thought they didn't interrupt my enjoyment, right? I think it's such an easy game. And then again, I did play it on medium. I didn't play it on hard. So like, whatever, that's my fault. But I wasn't there for a fucking Elden Ring experience. I'm not playing Bioshock Infinite to like test my, I don't know, dodge and roll, right? I'm playing Bioshock Infinite to play a narrative game. And therefore, I'm not that bothered about how difficult the enemies are to kill. Uh, But I think, like, the plasmas look beautiful. I think it's a cool thing that they've got going on. It's unique. Is it particularly inspiring? No. Is it clunky to control? I didn't think so, but I think some people find it clunky.
0: Really? I thought the the originals were were more clunky. Again, maybe that's just me, but I like the gun controls in this way better. I use the carbine for most of this, though, so maybe that paints my, my perception of it. I, I just enjoyed shooting people from far away which is something you can't really do a ton of in Bioshock due to the due to the setting <laughs> since you're a little you're in a claustrophobic area another issue I, w- I will say in the original Bioshock's favor is the the plasmid variety that they had in the original I think beats this one or at least what you can do because every every little, I forget what they call them in this, but basically, oh, the the vigors—is that yeah. what they're called? They they always have the like here's the here's the primary effect, and then hold to create a trap. <laughs> and there are like two that don't do that, and then all of them make some sort of goofy trap on the ground. And I got so sick and tired of hearing that. Okay. And so I, I will give that point in Bioshock's favor, but I did not like how Bioshock would just, oh, here's a turret, here's here's a turret with rockets. Good luck. And now there's like three of them in a room, and look out for this camera. Uh, eventually, it would just get to the point where I would just have to cheese every enemy so that I don't run out of ammo, fighting turrets, oh, wow. killing splicers that respawn. So I'm probably gonna have your, oh, abandoned video games, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but I felt like this game, you you kill the dudes that are challenging, they still throw giant robots and turrets at you, but they don't, like, ambush you with them too much. I feel like the original Bioshock does a lot of, neener, neener, there was a turret around this corner <laughs> that you didn't know about.
1: I don't even I don't know, remember I'm, fighting anything in the original Bioshock. Like, I genuinely played these games just for the story, and if you'd asked me if there was fighting in the first Bioshock, I would... I would have probably said no. But I know that I have plasmids. And I know that I have some sort of shield and health. But I don't remember fucking... Maybe, like, stabbing, like, a a splicer or two. Like, maybe that was an issue. But that's more like walking around a scary environment and just getting rid of a few of the citizens. Whereas I remember Bioshock Infinite is, like, fighting, like, the police fighting, like, I don't know who it is that's the mechanical America. Is it Abraham Lincoln? Like, who's the... Oh, the Patriots?
0: Um, so the ones loyal to Columbia are George Washington, and the Vox ones are Abraham Lincoln, which, absolutely crazy that Abe Lincoln is demonized in Columbia, and there's, like, a cult of people that view John Wilkes Booth as a hero. I thought that was, like, a really cool but also fucked up thematic touch for, it, for this No, game. it is. It's
1: really, like, I like how they have actual American history in it for a start. But the fact that they hate Abe, Abe Lincoln for, like, the thing that he's revered for in real life... It's cool. I like it. I liked seeing all the actual founding fathers coming out of like the thing at the beginning in the pond.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And later on when you go to Comstock House, I think I sent you a screenshot because I was like, holy shit. You basically see a giant floating island that is supported by Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and George Washington's floating heads uh, underneath it. And it just looks so fucking cool. It
1: is cool. cool. I love Bioshock like Infinite James. I think
0: I think it's the best game. <laughs> Damn it, we're back we're back <laughs> on the themes. We're back on the themes. You mentioned history yeah. though, oh, which no. big yeah. mistake cuz I love that. And I was so giddy when I heard that they mentioned the Boxer Rebellion because I was like, "Oh, I know that. I wonder what happened." And I don't know how much you know about late Qing Dynasty history. Oh. Climb. Too much, some say. <laughs> oh, well, then, then you probably already know how it resolved in our. The the foreign. Yeah, real, but for I mean, real, like, right?
1: mention it for the listeners because they probably. Yeah.
0: Folks at home. Yeah, yeah. For the folks at home, a multinational alliance of troops, mostly from European countries, um, sent a bunch of. They sent a bunch of troops to China. Because foreigners were being attacked by a uh, rebellious group of of dudes. And they practiced martial arts. They thought that, like, they were protected from bullets. You know, dumb outsiders were like, they look like boxers because they're punching. And uh, they put down the rebellion, this, that, and the other thing. But in fucking Bioshock Infinite, this floating city goes to China and levels the capital. Like, burns it down. And I thought that was both a good way of characterizing how the city and Comstock handle things. Like, just no regard to, you know, human life or international relations or anything like that. And also, like, it really captured the the American exceptionalism that Columbia is supposed to embody, like, Ah, fuck international law. Let's just destroy a whole city and violate the sovereignty of another nation. And then when the United States doesn't care for it, they just secede. So, I don't know. I- I really loved how they wove history into this setting.
1: I feel like there's a bunch of stuff probably like that that just completely goes over my head when playing the game because, one, I don't. I didn't know about that for a start. But like, too, there are so many little details in this game, and in like, in respect to history, in respect to like the multiverse. So, for example, actually, sorry. Do you, do you have anything else you want to say about history?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, I talk about it every day. So you can. I, I got my little bit out right there. You can, um. You can. Take so over you were now.
1: like, oh, it's called Bioshock Infinite, right? Because there's an infinite amount of lighthouses, and. Right. in the multiverse, like it's infinite. But an other, another way to look at it is that, yeah, there is infinite amount of lighthouses, but it's an infinite loop, right, of Booker waking up, doing this thing, failing, and then waking up and doing oh, it again. Okay. And that's why when you start in the game, it says, will the circle be unbroken? And that's his infinite loop. And it's, that theme that makes it infinite and not like just the infinite amount of lighthouses, which you know, arguably the same thing, but it's really just Booker stuck, stuck in this, like a never ending like attempt to save Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, there's so many weird things that get recontextualized once you've played through. Once I didn't get the whole thing where the twins would have their little board where, like, oh, well, <laughs> I forget what the fuck heads they asked you. Oh, yeah. heads or tails. Yeah, yeah, and then they turn around and there's a bunch of, like, marks on the back side of the board, too. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's like, oh, they've gone through that many different Booker's, and they're tallying what decisions Yeah,
1: And, like, at the start, when they're arguing over, like, who's gonna row the boat, and they're like, can't you get Booker to row?" row? And he's like, he doesn't row. He's like, he doesn't row? He's like, no, he doesn't row. And they're like, oh... And that just means that, like, he, he's never rowed and he doesn't row. But the way that they phrase it twice, like, what does he mean he doesn't row? Like, how do you, like he can't row? But like, oh, he doesn't. Like, we've done this a million times and he just doesn't do that. And that makes <laughs> sense. Like, but at first, it's such a weird thing to hear.
0: I thought they were just British, so I was like, oh, it's grumpily Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: One thing that I fucking love, like, it's not it's completely irrelevant, but it's a really tiny detail is that the Luttes twins aren't actually twins they're the same person but one was in a female universe and one was in a male universe and they come together and the only place that i can remember that you really see that is when you walk into this square or out of the square at the beginning there's a statue of one of the twins and it transforms from male to female because your universe i guess i didn't see yeah it it has like this electric thing run up it and it goes from the male one to the female one you wouldn't even notice what oh, you were looking shit. at because you haven't really m- probably met them apart from being in the boat yet. So I don't think you'd be like, what's this? What's going on? But the fact that they're like the same person from, mo- from different universes is so sick. And they're not twins. They're just one person talking to themselves. I love that.
0: I wanted to ask you uh, what is what was the tensest moment for you in this game
1: see I didn't remember any tense moments apart from the obviously the crescendo
0: okay yeah that is a little gut-wrenching yeah like uh,
1: like, sobbing doesn't come close like I don't even remember if I could properly see the. you
0: were sobbing because it's so
1: good oh my god it's so good
0: but you're like my emotional rock I've never even I've never even heard you rattle before well I
1: cried at Bioshock Infinite and I cried at life is strange the original okay it's out there now oh no dude
0: i can hide this for you if you want i can burn my computer you, and this will never see the light wasn't of day it
1: was just a set from sad it was just from the old ov- like being overwhelmed from trying to process everything from how you put your, like the empathy of going okay you've just you had an evil version of your dad then you had your dad that just saved you and there's a million of you and you're all here and it so many universities. you've been trying to kill your father and yourself to to save other people like that's a lot and she's yeah you're right she does have big eyes and so therefore i felt <laughs> that
0: <laughs> i think it's very interesting that when you're talking about the game you are when you say your father you're viewing it from elizabeth's point of view so you would you say this is elizabeth's story rather than bookers
1: yeah for sure like, i don't even You barely see him. You see his reflection a couple times, right? Like, who cares? I mean, I do like his name. That's cool.
0: (laughs) That was a very, like... (laughs) uh, You're, like, gushing about Elizabeth and, you know, her emotional journey. Would you say it's her story rather than Booker's? Well, you hardly see Booker and, like, his reflection once. You know what? Like,
1: the thing is, Booker has (laughs) a million movies made about him. Oh, I'm, like, the...
0: What? No, not, not literally. Are you talking about Comstock? No.
1: Like, fucking... Was it Hopper? Hopper in Stranger Things, for example, is Booker DeWitt, okay? Oh. Like, there's a... We have him a million times over. The yes. archetype. Like, dude, they're yeah. the same. Oh, I see what you so I mean. So I don't care yeah. about fucking Booker. How many multidimensional, traveling, strong, beautiful women that have to go through that story do we have? None. And it doesn't matter she's hot, she could have been ugly, but I do like her more because she is hot. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say it. I was manipulated. Your
0: adoptive daughter. <laughs> <laughs> there there you go. That's all I needed to <laughs> you hear got from You Let it out of me, damn it. See, see, I resisted the manipulation, but I knew it was happening. Like I won't I won't say like, ew, no, I didn't think she was pretty. Like she's literally designed to yeah, be pretty.
1: And that's fine. But she's also strong and interesting and she reads a lot. She... And she's not a manic pixie dream girl though, you know. She's incredible as well. Also, specifically. Yeah, she's
0: your daughter, and she kills you. So I don't think manic pixie (laughs) pixie... (laughs) manic pixie dream girls are supposed to do that. She's
1: awesome. It's Elizabeth's story. A Booker. I yeah okay. Like I'll watch. I'll watch House. You know, if I want a miserable man again. (laughs) But I know. But he's literally Hopper though. Like, Hopper's daughter died of cancer. Yeah, yeah. He finds a new daughter with special powers, and, like, he becomes, he stops, like, he starts to, like, grapple with his past and whether or not he can be a good guy again and forgive himself and love But Whatever. Oh, I'm a man. You know?
0: Totally unrelated. I think I'll watch The Last of Us and get caught up on that with Emma, but <laughs> anyway... I, I will say one of the, and this isn't my most anxious part of the game, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> one of the more gut punchy parts was when you can't leave the room until you hand over Anna because you pick her up. And like, again, I was like, fuck, my brain's getting hijacked because my little lizard brain is like, oh, this is my baby. I'm not going to give up this baby. This is mine. And I just didn't want to. And I I literally Googled like, can I not give up baby (laughs) in Bioshock Infinite? And like, no, you can't. And that part like broke my heart a little bit. Seeing Booker handing over his his baby girl.
1: There's a particular frustration that I have. And I think it happened in Red Dead as well. Yeah, it did happen in Red Dead. Where it's like, you say no to something, but then the same series of events still unfold. But just like, oh, you say no. It's like, are you going to steal that carriage? No. But then like, the boss comes over and he's like... Your buddy's solid yeah. anyway. And it's like, oh, I hate I yeah. hate that in video. Which isn't the same as what happened in Butter Infinite because they're just making you do it. So it's almost like they just want you to feel an emotion and un- 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 complicit, I guess. They want you to feel what Booker felt. It's not really about making the decision. And if it was just a passive cut scene, then it wouldn't give you quite the same emotion. The same as throwing the tomato at the interracial couple. If that was a cut scene, I'd be like, oh, I, why did, oh that's awkward. But having to do it, that's different see
0: that was one of those the the scene with booker handing over his daughter that was one of those where i was like begging for them to do the stupid illusion of choice thing i was like please let the game keep going but don't make me do this like i did not want to do that at all and so i (laughs) i was like please just have elizabeth like slap the baby out of my (laughs) hands and hand it over I don't want to have to physically go over and hand my digital baby over to the digital mean guy. I think,
1: like, I I might have had, like, a similar reaction because obviously you don't want to do it. You hate the man. Now, it's out of spite. It's like, oh, no, this is mine. I know what happens now. But I despise babies. Like, I just fucking hate children. So, like, that part of it was fine. I
0: love them. (laughs) <laughs> so that yeah yeah i've got a soft spot for for babies so that was extra difficult for me because yeah i i saw anna and i was like oh little baby like how fun all right now hand her over so she can be trapped in a tower for years and years yeah right,
1: so i was like yeah take it i've got i've got Elizabeth. <laughs> She's yeah, cool now. I so got when she's cool. I I, I skipped the, the terrible twos, you know?
0: Oh, my tensest yeah. part, though, was when you, and you said you forgot yep. this part. When you go to Comstock <laughs> House, yeah. and it's literally, like, a bunch of delusional people wearing George Washington masks, and there's the overseer guys who have, like, a spotlight on, like, the front of, I want to say the front of their mask, and then they have, like, these huge, like, siren things, or maybe it's something to help them hear better but on the sides of their heads and it's one of the few parts of the game at least that i noticed where you can avoid combat and suddenly i was like fuck i don't want to fight these guys i'm gonna try to sneak around and the building was so like decrepit falling apart there was just a sense of everything is uh, all the all the like joy what little joy that columbia like puts on as a front was just gone and it was just this desolate place with people that are delusional and out to murder you and it really made me on edge like the few times that i got caught i just panicked and would like run away and hope that 10 george washington's (laughs) weren't behind me i don't
1: remember that part like i remember some of the battles but i I don't remember that I, i do remember like how like eerie the design was of some of the bad things.
0: I wanted to try to make you cry with my next question. Um, and maybe you didn't give a rat's ass, but this was me being a bit of a softy again. Did you cry when Songbird died?
1: Uh Good dude. I was thinking about that when you were talking about, um, like the most tense moment. Because at first I was terrified of Songbird. And I think, actually, probably the the story arc with Songbird is one of the most more gentle, nuanced arcs of the game. As opposed to like Daisy, who's like, oh, I'm the good guy. No, I'm not. (laughs) Haha. Just kidding. Yeah,
0: I shoot kids. Um,
1: Songbird's arc was, okay, he's terrifying. Oh, actually, he's not a mechanical bird. He's a dude that loves Elizabeth. Or is he a bird? I like it when he's a bird, not a weird dude in a robot suit. Um, and then dying underwater in Rapture—that scares me because of my telesophobia right? So that was awkward too. Um, but yeah, I did—I did feel perhaps apart from like the main like event of the story, I did feel the most for that part because it was also weirdly bittersweet for Elizabeth because she still loved him really like she owed him a debt she felt yeah. like he protected her even though it was like a very gray again It's like okay he's protecting you but he's also keeping you a prisoner but he loves you but he won't let you go because he loves you so it was a bit like Stockholm syndromey. but I think
0: <laughs> and he's and he's programmed or something so like he can't really like he doesn't have a ton of free will yeah either.
1: so I I did feel bad for Elizabeth, another sacrifice that like she makes, she has to say goodbye to like the only friend that she had after finding out that he wasn't really her friend.
0: That was one of the the questions that Clem can't see oh. that I had on here.
1: Well, they were gonna be goofy, not as impactful as the death of Songbird.
0: Well, some of them are goofy. Some of them are like, ah, maybe I can get her to cry and <laughs> have it recorded. Uh, the other one is, what does it mean when you call someone a Wally?
1: Oh, they're a silly Billy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what does it mean to be a silly Billy? I
1: mean, that's for not—that's a podcast in itself, I think.
0: <laughs> the silly Billy yeah. episode. We'll put that on the Patreon.
1: Apparently, yeah. um, that I think again is people hearing what they want to hear because there's no way they ever had the foresight to do this over at irrational games. Um, you can hear the noises of songbirds when playing Bioshock and Rapture.
0: No. Like the original? Yeah,
1: I think so. Like I think it's called cool, like or like there's a specific sound that plays during that scene that also plays in Bioshock. I'm not sure, I was reading a thread about it. But yeah, I thought that was quite cool, but there's no way because for one, it takes place so much later that I don't know what the implications would be like that he didn't die in there when he did die, but I don't know. Something, something to think about. Something cool though.
0: I'll have to, I'll have to look into that because that does sound interesting. But yeah, that would be like an insane. I, I could believe it if they found an interesting sound in the original Bioshock and then retconned it to be related to Songbird.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. But
0: I, I feel like neither one of us knows enough about it. Right now to properly flesh it out.
1: Imagine like if I played Bioshock again and I could remember whatever sound fucking sound it was, like that would be a cool moment. An extra cool moment in playing Bioshock if you heard, like, oh Songbird just died like Songbird. whilst I'm fighting no. splicers and like oh that's a whole other fucking thing to deal with later on, but right now I've gotta deal with Andrew Ryan, you know? Like,
0: Yeah, that that's silly <laughs> Billy. That Wally, as that's it were. Weird. I wanted to you know, talk a little bit more about you. Oh. Unless you had some fun Bioshock stuff to discuss, I can I'm down to clown with that too. No, I didn't. I just didn't want to keep you super. I just, super I just lady feel there.
1: like I'm significantly less interesting than Bioshock well, Infinite.
0: Than Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even trapped in a tower, and I cannot open up rifts. <laughs> but I know you have been like you've been on the internet for like a while, like making stuff. <laughs> And I was just curious, like, what was your first, like, little project or thing that you did on um, here? So... Here being the internet.
1: I mean, I might be wrong. I mean, like, obviously I had a MySpace, but in terms of, like, making any form of content, which I don't think MySpace counts for, I guess that's no different than, like, yeah Twitter or something. Yeah. There was... I don't... I'm going to say 2012. I don't really know. I'm going to guess around 2012. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But the first like thing I remember which really had an impact and I like made a bunch of friends from it, from us all creating content, there was this platform called VU. And I don't know if you know about VU.
0: Wait, say VU, it again? VU.
1: Like the letter V and then the word U. Oh, oh, like
0: it smells really yeah, bad. VU. Yeah, VU.
1: It was created by a guy called Steve Spurgett who lived in New York. And it was a video platform that was, I think the intent was for YouTubers to use it to have a more direct and fast turnover time to interact with their fans. So oh, okay. you submitted, all it was, every video you made could only be made in response to a question. So, and the questions were like anonymous or you could see who they were from, like whatever, but you would just get a list of questions and you would just make video responses to them and they were up to a minute long I think. Um, I might have made that part up, but they were quite quick. Um, and I was just. Oh, there was a few YouTubers that were on there. I don't know if like they sponsored people to do it. One of my friends I met on it ten years ago, and like we're still friends today. He made YouTube videos he, until recently, I think. And I think I had like three thousand videos on there by the end. Like I spent an entire. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. So it was the summer after uni. I was unemployed. I was living in a house in Plymouth with five uni students. Who were a couple of years younger than me, and at the time that felt like a lot because I think I was like 23 and they were like 19. I like that way was like not a big gap, like when you're like 30 and 32, but like when you're that age, it's a lot. Um, and I'd just gone through like the worst breakup of my life, and he was still living in the same city, and I spent like about probably six to nine months just making videos on this platform all day, every day. Made a bunch of friends, a couple of whom I met in real life, one of them flew me to New York to hang out. Yeah, like, it was awesome, and that was my first, like, online community, but also, like, making stuff experience. And it doesn't exist anymore. I don't... I think it lasted, like, two years, and then Steve sold it, and I don't know what happened to it. But I've got, like, a shirt, like, Steve sent all of... Because I got in so early, we knew, like, the founder a little bit, and he sent us all, like, merch, like, all of the people that were, like, had the most videos, which was me. This guy called Raphael, who was this kid in Georgia. Um, He went to university in Atlanta, I think. There were like this guy called Kevin, Scotty, like all like all these guys. It's such a good time, dude. It was so sweet. It was like I'd never met such a diverse group of people before. Like, like in real life, you don't get to like meet seventeen people from like every different state in America and at once, right? And then like somebody from Scotland and like whatever. Yeah, I went to. A girl that I met on there called Jo, she's an absolute sweetheart. She would get some sort of inheritance money every year and go to New York, and one year she was like, do you wanna come? She flew me out to hang out with her in New York for a week, and whilst we were there, we met this guy called Naeem, who had also one of the top 10 most videos on the VU site. He was like 18, he lived in New York anyway, and we went to our hotel room and just drank and hung out. and. Dude, that was awesome. I love that shit. I just love meeting people. <laughs> that was such a good time. This has become yeah. longer than I wanted it to be, but like, it.
0: No, this is this is super cool. That's a that's a fun little story yeah. there. Thank you for sharing Sorry. that. I suppose like, and, and maybe it's just that again, but I was curious what your favorite like project or thing that you've worked on on the internet has been, or is it just it was it your experience at V? I don't.
1: I wouldn't consider it much like of a project at the because it was like literally like someone would be like oh what are you doing today and you just like it almost like tiktok right like well i guess you can engage with tiktok however you want
0: yeah i was gonna say that it it sounded like a weird like proto tiktok um like vine t- with the given the length of the videos but like you said more interactive yes yeah. so that's
1: that's you couldn't cool. like up. You couldn't like pre-record or edit or make a video and upload it. It had to be like a live webcam response to the question. You could re-record it if you oh. did it wrong, but other than that, it had to be like webcam, instant, like one take. That's all it was.
0: Wow. So what? So what is your favorite then?
1: Like, I think I've done like a, everything for like a short amount of time. Like, I streamed for like three months. Right? You were there. That was. That was
0: uh, only three months. I think so, really? roughly.
1: I mean, for a couple months. About. A year or so before that, and then like for like three months again. More recently, I was on like BookTube for a while. You know,
0: BookTube like yeah, YouTube?
1: but we called it BookTube like BookTok. Oh
0: yeah, well I was gonna say because I've seen you on TikTok uh, reading your books, allegedly <laughs> reading
1: your little again.
0: books. Uh, even yeah, though, I, you know. I didn't see any proof. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, but. But yeah, I was, because you've done so many little things like that. I didn't know if one stood out. I know you've done a couple podcasts at least.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I love everything that <laughs> is, you know, it's like, I felt like I had a podcast called um, Ghost Museum with my friend. And one cool thing that we did with that was every podcast, we would talk about a haunted artifact or a ghost story, right? That's supposedly real. And we would take, a, 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 like, a memento from that ghost story, like, imaginary. And we would put it in our ghost museum, and we were like mapping out the museum and like where all the shit was in our fake museum. Like we'd have like a haunted doll from Annabelle or whatever, and then like a bit of like a a knife from a murder in a in another room. So that was like a cute like thing. I like all the little creative projects. Like you and I, we had a podcast about conspiracies. Like it's it's super. I just like making things. I don't care if they ever become anything. I I just have a nice time making things with friends
0: that was why i i wanted to pick you for this too because you're fun to make stuff oh
1: thank you you too james
0: i'm glad you picked me to be on this podcast (laughs) too (laughs) okay so we talked about book talk what was that like like is it a is it like its own little world and like with it with its heroes and its villains or are you guys really just staring at a camera and talking about books Mm -hmm. I want the book talk drama. Oh, if there are
1: heroes and villains for sure. Like, I'm not particularly as involved in book talk as I. I mean, I'm not particularly involved in book talk at all, but I moved on a little bit. So, um, there's a current. There's two. I'd say th- two core issues that book talk have and face and talk about. One. Oh, three. Three! Okay. One is. Three? What about two? <laughs> One is, oh, I can't be on BookTok because I can't afford to buy books all the time, and BookTok favours people that do book hauls every week. It's less about reading and it's more about consumption. It's consumer talk, right? As is everything else. But, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, like books as objects. I also read, but honestly, fucking a book, I love it. It's one of my favourite objects in the world.
0: Doing what to a (laughs) book?
1: Well, sorry.
0: Jesus Christ, I don't think I have it in me to be on BookTok. 18 plus
1: the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, like, that's one of the debates. There was a big discussion over people thinking they couldn't be on Talk because some people were claiming to read, like, 30 books a month or 300 books a year, and that didn't seem viable, and people were almost bragging about how quickly they read. And obviously that dive, sort of split out into other discussions about the type of books they're reading and whether or not they counted which split out into another discussion about audiobooks and everyone's like i can read colleen hoover oh. and by reading i mean listening but it is reading so there's like elitists on there. there's a lot of condescension and there's also a lot of like bragging because you read fast which is pathetic like can we all just enjoy a book and then there's like book talk favorite books which everyone reads the same book and then people get pissed off because there's no like in original thought people think they have to talk about the same books to be popular but then there's the real juicy villains
0: oh that that wasn't even the no, juice that
1: wasn't that was
0: where's the juice That
1: was a, a fucking spread this is the juice there are there was one and i think now two authors who have tiktok accounts one of them was quite big i was uh, one of them was called piper cj I, I don't remember the name of the other one
0: Damn, we're naming names.
1: Yeah, we're fucking naming names. Fuck you, Uh-oh. Piper CJ. <laughs> um, who, like, give out books, whatever, write books, people buy their books, and they review their books. And two authors, Piper CJ and this other person, have gone after people who left negative reviews. Like,
0: like oh, you didn't like my book enough? Time to ruin you?
1: And, yeah, that, but also just saying, like, oh, you didn't understand. Like, and then, oh. Piper yeah, and Piper CJ's publisher, I think, got in on it, too. Or their editor or somebody and they were just like no you're wrong like why would you I can't believe you like negatively like my like be just being a dick to someone that negatively reviewed the book and having a problem with it and not understanding that that is what's gonna happen if you're an author like people are trying to support you because you have a book talk and they want to like lift you up but then you're pushing people down that like left a negative review and not that like critique like an actual like I felt this way not just like your book shit fuck you like that would be understandable yeah. Um. and somebody else was the other g- person who I don't know the name of was like, oh you didn't understand it then, oh my book's selling its tits off actually, I barely got time to reply to you because I'm doing so many book mm-hmm. tours, like it was really like infantile shit
0: and I'm surrounded by women that are fucking my book right now, so
1: Pre- yeah, she pretty nerd. much and she ended it with like kisses right, oh, like the I word kisses that. yeah it was just so passive aggressive <laughs> like bullshit yeah kisses
0: oh uh, i was i thought you meant like the little emote or something no. which i personally despise so i've barely got time
1: worse. to reply to you right now because my book selling its tits off and i've just been on like two book tours um but like you do, obviously just do not understand it um sorry that my heroine was thin um sorry that you might not feel that you're a thin so you don't like her but um anyway i've got to go kisses like it was that 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 uh. almost exactly that, and but this person's publisher was like, "I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> um, we don't condone this." Like, yikes! Yeah, so that's the actual the juice. One just detestable prick, just genuinely going after someone who left a reasonable review of their book that was saying, like, "I think that the protagonist um, is too perfect. I find it quite shallow." Um, blah blah blah. And then the author also got her friends to, like, write positive reviews of her book. They were obviously just addressing the opposite thing of all the the reviews. <laughs> I like how flawed thing. the
0: main character is.
1: Yeah, like, oh, she's just, like, every woman I've ever met all wrapped into one. It's, she's so complex. And the other guy, uh, whereas, like, the actual review was, like, uh, it's quite, like, a one-dimensional, thin, perfect woman. And I can't really relate to it. Uh, yeah, it was... So awful, and yeah. So there's a big conversation now about how authors don't belong in review spaces.
0: Which is
1: Probably true. Best for their mental that they don't. But yeah, that's the TikTok juice.
0: So I'm like the negative reviewer reviewing Elizabeth, and you're like the author conspiring to repress my views on.
1: I'm allowed on her to repress her, her
0: large eyes. Oh, okay, okay. Because no.
1: I'm not the author, right? So I don't have any like <laughs> Are you? ownership over do i wish is it, is it, was it written by like ken levine is that a guy that wrote by it? It
0: be I, that sounds like a name i've heard before yeah yeah
1: okay we'll go with ken yeah Avril job, levine
0: ken. or whatever yeah <laughs> oh goodness i think that about does is there anything you'd like to plug anywhere we can seek you out online or would you like to remain hidden I'm in this enigma. internet of ours
1: i'm an enigma james
0: all right. I mean, you can, can plug
1: Flashpiracy, but what, that might not be out for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys, mark your calendars 2025. Our <laughs> conspiracy-themed podcast will revive, and you guys can peep that out. It has a Twitter, I think. And this podcast also has a Twitter, so please go check that out if you want to yell at me and tell me that I'm bad at Bioshock. Or any of the other games I've talked about so far. I have one last question for you, Clem. Yeah. Can you say NPC you later?
1: NPC you later!